0: Welcome back in. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We uh, we continue on. Hour number two. And welcome in to everybody now joining us on the network. We certainly appreciate you being here on this uh, kind of a gloomy day. But that's okay. We hope to, one, brighten your day. And, two, it's just one of those good days to not do a damn thing, to be perfectly honest with you. If you can sleep in, sleep in. Don't do anything. It's one of those... One of those sleep-in days. Uh, joining us now on the hotline, our uh, guy, Andy Herman, of the Pack-A-Day podcast is now here. Andy, how you doing?
1: Hey, Bill. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Uh, you bet. Uh, so we were sitting here talking uh, about just so many, a myriad of things that have gone wrong in this Packer season thus far. Give me, First of all, give me your synopsis as to where this team is at right now because to me it seems like they're regre- regressing.
1: I'm with you. I think they are regressing, and I think that's maybe the most disappointing thing. I kind of went into the season – saying there's certainly going to be some highs and some lows, expect the roller coaster ride, expect it to be disjointed at times. We kind of knew what we were getting into and signing up for with all of the youth and inexperience on this team. Volatility was a word I used quite a bit going into the year. Uh, But with ups and downs and with that roller coaster, you need to have those ups. And it seems like it's been a hot second since there's been those ups. And really, the main one was kind of against the Chicago Bears, which is great. You beat one of your rivals, but it might still be one of the worst. Well, it is probably the worst, one of the worst teams in football in Chicago. So I think what you want to see from this team, I, I've said all along, Bill, I don't necessarily care all that much about record. Now, you don't want to be a 3-14 team or something. But what I want to see is growth. I want to see potential I want to see playmakers making plays. I'm okay with the the random mistakes here and there because that's going to happen with this type of team. But I haven't seen enough from the guys like a Luke Musgrave and a Jaden Reed. I haven't seen enough from a Lucas Van Ness. Uh, even like Quay Walker's had some flashes, Devontae Wyatt, a couple here and there. But this is a team that has a lot of young talent. And I think what I want to see a bit more of It's just that talent really showing out, and you've seen some things that you can kind of grasp onto and be like, okay, right now it's a little bit iffy, it's a little bit tough, but you can see what they're developing into. And to your point, through the past few games, it's regressed instead of progressed, and I think that's maybe my biggest issue with where this team is at right now.
0: What bothers me so much is that you go back to even the game in which they won against the the Saints. This team has played awful in the first half of ballgames, they have looked inept. They've looked scattered. This is when you're supposed to come out with your scripted plays and you're supposed to know it. You've executed it. You've kind of set it up. You this, this is when you're supposed to look your most crisp and they look terrible. So t- you tell me what you see when this team comes out of the tunnel. What in the hell are they putting on the field in the first half of ball games?
1: it's sloppy and it's a, there's a lack of attention to detail and it, you go back to fundamentals. And I know we all got sick of Mike McCarthy after every single loss being like, well, we're going to have to go back to fundamentals. He was most usually right. And usually onto something, this is a team that doesn't play with great pad level from an offensive line standpoint. They don't play with uh, great footwork from an <laughs> offensive line standpoint, like the attention to detail. You go back to that saints game. When they won that game, one of the key plays in that game was the two point conversion on that play. It is supposed to be a speed motion outside to Jaden Reed to get him in an easy look by the like Jaden Reed needs to be like outside of the hash mark sprinting at a full sprint at that point. He is under center and the ball almost hits him on a key play in the game. Now, Jordan Love made a fantastic off script play to save that play and to get the two points but that didn't go anything like it was supposed to. And that's like the the number one call in your play sheet when you have to have a two-point conversion. That's the one that's there. You would think that they would practice that over and over, and they can't execute that, even though that's one that actually ended up being an okay result. And we're seeing more and more of that, where this week there's five or six plays on tape where you've got wide receivers, tight ends, running backs in the exact same spot on the field. That's not how it's supposed to be run. You have plays where... Christian Watson's running to the left on a handoff, which is a bad play call in and of itself based on the situation and circumstance. But I digress. That's a situation where you've got four Raiders waiting for him. It's one thing if like Max Crosby beats Rasheed Walker on the play. All right. Tip your cap. That's going to happen. Crosby's insane. You're at a backup left tackle. We get it. You can't have four guys waiting for him. You have a handoff right. to A.J. Dillon. Four guys waiting for him. I took the picture and posted it on Twitter yesterday. Like Those are the sort of things where it's a lack of preparation, attention to detail, fundamentals, whatever you want to call it. It's just sloppy right now.
0: It uh, it looks bad on a lot of different levels. And by the way, the, uh, the minute Christian Watson goes in motion and starts to circle around in the backfield, we all know he's getting the football. You're not fooling anybody anymore. So that place, yeah. you just throw it out. Uh, what do you see via the offensive line? And I, because somebody asked me yesterday, it was either yesterday or the day before, they said, how would you fix this? And I said, well, I know he's in the doghouse, but when Josh Nyman was playing left tackle, it wasn't great, but at least it was serviceable and more serviceable than what we're seeing right now. Zach Tom maybe goes over to your your center position because Josh Myers at times is getting beat. Uh, you know, obviously John Runyon and Elton Jenkins are pretty solid, and then you figure out your right tackle position. And maybe that solidifies things for the remainder of your season. I don't know if that's the answer, but at least that's where I might start. Would you agree with that?
1: I, I'm with you to the, the second part of, like, I'm not sure if it solves the problem. I think the bigger thing is, like, the actual technique work and getting these guys to focus on their fundamentals more, like we just talked about. I, I, there's a couple of things that I feel here. I think the first one that I'm really hesitant to do, and I understand that you need to start throwing some things at the wall just to see what sticks. So I, I totally get that. And I'm there with you. The one thing that I'm hesitant towards is moving Zach Tom, because I think that's the one, like he might be the one player. And I know the last couple of weeks have been tougher. He's coming off the injury going up against Aiden Hutchinson and Max Crosby, but that might be the one player overall who has really seemed to take a significant step and looks like a legitimate long-term really good starting player in this league. And one of the last things you want to do when just when he's starting to get that confidence and playing yeah. well at like kind of a new position already, is like, no, well, you know, now you're a center. And it's just like, maybe just let that be for a little bit because you're not winning a Super Bowl at anything this year. Like, maybe just set that and forget it and try to figure out everything else. But I, I totally get the same thing of like at some point, you need to try some things, because right now, Josh Myers, not a starting NFL center. The other one that might be maybe my most disappointing player so far this year, John Runyan Jr. This is a contract year for him. I really thought that he was going to come out and have one of his best seasons, and if he does, he goes out and he gets a massive contract from either Green Bay or some other team in the offseason, and he mm-hmm. hasn't looked like a starting caliber player either. And then you've got Rasheed Walker, who I think has been a bit of a disappointment since coming in. I know he's a, a first-time starter and all those things, but... There was a lot of, uh, maybe hype's the wrong word, but I think there was an understanding that he could come in and be serviceable. That hasn't been the case, and even Elton Jenkins hasn't quite been himself either. So I think you have to start with, where do you want these guys to be at their best possible positions. I think you maybe don't want to move Zach Tom, but get if you maybe need to. But I do think, to your bigger point, you might be at the point of just like, we need to try some things and see what sticks, because right now it's it's not working.
0: I look at this game coming up against Denver, and after what I saw out of Denver last night, Denver's a terrible football team. Uh, I, their defense is, is adequate. Their offense is awful. And if the Packers should go into Denver and lose this game in the same manner in which they just lost out in Vegas, uh, the, the loudening screams are going to become deafening uh, come you know next Sunday. Uh, I just... I don't know where to get better. I always believe that if you're going to get better, much like you and I just talked about, you got to start in the trenches. But the attention to detail, yep. and I get that Matt LaFleur is kind of losing patience. You can tell he's getting short. He's got a little bit of snippiness to him, screaming at Musgrave on the sideline, kind of getting into it with him, kind of you know reminding him of where. Because Musgrave, really, he, he overran the zone, the zone route. He put himself in a bad position. He should have stayed a couple of feet over to the other side, stayed in the middle of that zone, and then the pass would have been delivered and would have been tipped. So I understand what he's talking about, but it's like at what point do you just start grabbing face masks and say, "Look, guys, if you're not going to do it, I'll just anybody can go out there and lose. I'll just start sitting people." I, I mean, at what point do you start grabbing guys' attentions in, in that way?
1: To your point, I think he's there, and it sounds like they had a very intense team meeting when they got back to Green Bay prior to the bye week and. Um, you know, maybe a, a new standard was set to, to what we've been talking about. The attention to detail hasn't been there, and it did seem like Musgrave got sat down for a little bit when that happened. Uh, we saw Darnell Savage get benched last year when things started not going according to plan. I think there maybe does need to be a little bit more accountability and a different tone that's set. If guys can't go out and perform, you know, then maybe it is Ben Sims' time at tight end and you give him more looks. Maybe you do start looking at an Emmanuel Wilson, maybe Sean Ryan gets a chance. Like there's a lot of players on this team that I'm sure are looking to make a name for themselves too. And again, I'm not saying that that's necessarily just all of a sudden going to fix anything or make it better, uh, but holding players accountable doesn't necessarily hurt anything either. That might be something that Matt LaFleur has to take a little bit of a closer look at, but right now, uh, this team just needs to find its energy, its intensity, its focus to your point. You go into Denver and you lose to Denver, it just changes the tone and tenor of the entire season. I'm I'm not a huge – like, again, I don't really care all that much about what the record is. I want them to play a better brand of football. But you lose to Denver, and that changes everything from a tone on the outside of the team, inside of the team. You can already see – I thought J.T. O'Sullivan, who did his awesome report again this week on Jordan Love, one of the biggest things that he pointed out, Jordan Love has that awesome play where he uh, just dumps Max Crosby on the stiff arm into the ground – and there's not anyone on the sideline that's even getting excited for it. So you can tell this team right. is going through some adversity right now. And you just need a little bit more energy and a win against the Broncos would hopefully give him just a little bit of that.
0: Let's talk about the offense for a minute. Uh, the one thing that's glaringly stood out was how in the hell do you put Quay Walker on Devontae Adams? Now, uh you know there's a lot of people as I'm sure you hear it too everybody wants Joe Barry fired but the defense has not been the problem over the last couple of weeks let's be honest because they're not giving up a ton of points but seriously there are times when you look at this and you're like what the hell are you running and how do you put Quay Walker on Devontae Adams yeah uh
1: Preston Smith right Preston Smith. or Preston, on, uh, Smith. Preston Smith I'm sorry yeah, yeah Preston Smith yes no you're good so, yeah, so many things to discuss here, and I think I've almost been labeled a Joe Barry defender, which I, I don't want to carry that uh, burden, and I'm not on that page exactly. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, so I, I do think to this point, which maybe just tells you the overall state of this team right now, is I think the defense might be the, the least of Green Bay's worries, which is, again, troubling to say even when you say it out loud and it doesn't make you feel good saying it. This is a defense – that if we're being realistic and we can say the, all the caveats, it was against the Bears, it was against the Saints who had their backup quarterback in, in the second half, and it was against uh, a really bad Raiders team this past week. But the defense should be 3-2 and two just based on those performances alone. Is a 14-point basically performance against the Bears, 6 points in garbage time that didn't matter at all. You give 10 points up against the Saints, 7 was on the punt return. They only allowed 10 against the Saints. And then the defense this week, yes, they allowed 17, but three of those are due to an, uh, a Jordan Love interception um, mm-hmm. inside their own 10 yard line, where they hold them to three, which is a plus. And the you know Packers offense gets set up by Rudy Ford's big interception that they were responsible for as well. To me, the defense is, is a three and two defense. And again, I'm not saying raise any banners or you know extend Joe Barry or anything like that. But if we're really pointing to like what's the biggest problem on this team right now? I don't think it's the defense. Now we can easily point to some of the things that are going on that you see week in and week out that are extremely frustrating when guys are playing too far back in some third and one situations. We get all that. I don't think we need to rehash all of it. We all see it on a week to week basis. So it's not perfect. It all needs to be fixed. This is a team that just needs to play a much, much better brand of complementary football all the way around. And everyone just playing a tiny bit better is going to set everyone else up for success on all sides of the football.
0: I And I completely agree with you. The, the Jacoby Myers pass touchdown where he catches it on the two, and all you had to do was fall down because the coverage was two and three yards deep in the end zone. I, I just was like shaking my head. Like, how do you defend the end line when you're way behind it? You know, I well, never I, understood that.
1: And I think it's a great example of attention to detail. I'm 90% positive that Lucas Van Ness is supposed to drop in his own in that situation. He takes a false step up and then starts dropping. And you can tell as soon as the play happens, Rudy Ford is not happy with it. Razul Douglas comes over unhappy. There was a blown assignment in some capacity. I don't think that's just Rudy Ford playing that deep and just trying to like do the best he can. There's supposed to be another guy. in, And that's some of the mistakes with the youth that... Again, here and there, you understand, but there's just been so much of it, and you need to see a few more positives from the Lucas Van Esses and the Luke Musgraves of the world to sort of counteract some of those mistakes from time to time.
0: So give me your thoughts coming into this uh, you know, unofficial their second half of the season, if you will, because they're coming out of the bye week. So uh, you know, we talk about you know, the attention to detail. I, I don't know. Does a trade for a veteran-wide receiver help this team, do you think? as everybody starts to talk about the trade deadline only two and a half weeks away.
1: I don't think so. And I think the chase Claypool trade from a season ago should be a great reminder of a lot of times these deals don't work out. You go back to year after year after year of how did, you know, everyone wanted Will Fuller. How did Will Fuller turn out after that potential trade? You know, everyone wanted Emmanuel Sanders. What a nice season to end that season, but then kind of fell off the map after that chase Claypool is another example. And maybe I'll leave it in its most simplest terms of, If Green Bay, in their all-in, all-in seasons where they're trying to do everything they could to win a championship, didn't want to give up draft capital to go out and get a guy, now is probably not the season that they're going to go out and get a guy when they're 2-3, they don't and have much salary cap space, and they're just kind of in a, let's just face it, it is a rebuilding year at this point would it be nice maybe for Jordan Love to have a little bit more of a veteran presence and maybe a veteran for those wide receivers? Maybe, but at the same token, I don't need another Sammy Watkins out there taking snaps away from Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson and Dontavian Wicks. If anything, I kind of want to see some more Dontavian Wicks. I don't want to see less of him. I'm really impressed. He's one of the few players that I think is impressive. And I think he needs to see a little bit more playing time, if I'm being honest. So, uh, yeah, I think there I'm sure there's some things that could potentially help. I just don't necessarily see Goot doing it. And I don't think this is the year to start mortgaging some of your future to go get veterans at this point of the season.
0: Real quick, brought up to me last night that, you know, we all know is gonna be shut down for the season. He's got the surgery coming up and such that they gotta clean some things up. If by chance he comes back and he's healthy, it was proposed last night. Well, then keep him. Work out a deal, maybe extend him, because then you've got a good left tackle for a couple more years with Jordan Love. And my argument is he hasn't been really available since the knee got hurt to begin with. There's no way at this point I'm going to extend out and, and keep $20 million on the books to keep a guy that you're really not sure of. i got to think this is it for David Bakhtiari and Green Bay. Give me your thoughts.
1: I think so. It's an extremely complicated topic because there's a potential injury grievance if they let him go. I don't think they're going to find a trade for him. All of it's dependent upon his health, but if he's healthy and there's not going to be any sort of injury grievance situation, then there's two opportunities. You either release him or you restructure him on a one-year deal that's incentive-laden where it's based on how many games that he plays. There's 0.0% chance, barring the injury grievance situation, that he plays on his current contract
0: the way that it's set up right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Good stuff as always, Andy. We certainly appreciate it, okay? All right. Thanks so much, Bill. Have a great weekend. You bet, man. You too. Have a great weekend. That is Andy Herman, Packaday Podcast, at Andy Herman NFL over on Twitter, at Andy Herman NFL over on Twitter. Good stuff. He's pretty much along the same line of me, but he doesn't roll out the possibility of restructuring that deal and putting on an incentive-based contract that says uh, it's going to be based upon um, you know how many games you play, um, you know how well, how many snaps you play, things like that. So, who knows? Maybe maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Dwayne's, D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. D-U-A-N-E-S, that is Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. Uh, and uh, you can see everything that he does there, uh, whether it's a boat cover, a uh, bimini top, uh, travel cover. There's awnings for out in front of your business. Uh, maybe your business needs to have some of its office furniture recovered, redone, so to speak. Uh, there's gym equipment, uh, you know, maybe things in your house like your dinette set or something like that where you got to get uh, you know, all the bases reupholstered or something. He can do all that stuff. It's just you know, master of all, not just jack of uh, all trades, but master of all. Good stuff from our buddy Dwayne at Dwayne's Cover It All, and it's worth the call. 715-870-2119, 715-870-2119. That is Dwayne's Cover It All.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team
1: Pella, listen up. Thanks, Jan Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry! Take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com.
2: 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certificate supplies a showroom for details. Offers at 10 on
0: Next week, uh, it's full week, full week of stuff going on next week. Uh, next Tuesday night, going to be heading over to Lacrosse after the show, and uh, doing a few things over there on Tuesday night. Wednesday, we are going to be at Flipside. I saw over on the Flipside Facebook page that they have posted the huddle is coming. The huddle is coming, and we're going to be in uh, in Lacrosse on Wednesday from six to eight at Flipside Pub and Grill. Looking forward to that, Scott Emrick. From uh, WXOW, ABC19 is going to be joining us. Uh, so we're going to talk to him uh, in the 7 o'clock hour coming up on uh, next Wednesday night. And then on Thursday, uh, I got the show and then off to Pembine I go. I'm going to be heading up to the Four Seasons Island Resort and doing some stuff and meeting the new management and such, I who I have not met yet. So going to be heading up there. So the the show on Friday is all you, Grant. I don't know if you knew that or not. Oh, next Friday? a week from today yeah Yeah.
2: you got it boss no i'm i stand ready anytime
0: okay didn't know if you knew that or not wasn't
2: sure (laughs) well now i do
0: (laughs) so um yeah that was one of those things that sales wise it's kind of like oh yeah by the way can you do this uh i can but somebody's got to let grant know that's why i'm here yeah i kind of figured that (laughs) that was happening but heading to the Four Seasons Island Resort, going to be up there uh, for on uh, Friday, Saturday, into Sunday, and then Sunday back into the studio as we do the Greenville postgame show for the Packers and the Broncos. So uh, we're looking forward to it. But the Four Seasons Island Resort, going to be rocking next weekend. And if you are uh, looking to go up, and maybe not next weekend, but at any time uh, throughout the fall or winter months, you can do it once the snow flies. All kinds of people love going up there because it's uh, great, great snowmobile trails. Well, to get a hold of him, call our girl Barb, 715-938-5110, 715-938-5110, and tell him uh, you heard it here, say, Michael's 15. And she'll go, what? Say, Michael's 15. And that gets you 15% off of your stay. And uh, we're looking forward to heading up and going to do, they got a a wine dinner next weekend. Uh, We're going to be a part of that, I think it's on Friday, Friday night in the Diamond Room. And then you hang out at the lounge upstairs for a little while. And then after that, when you get a little bit lubed up since you don't have to drive, you're right there in the resort. Then you go downstairs to the Boundary Water Sports Bar and Grill. And uh, either you got some really good music, somebody up there that does a solo act or, you know, small, you know, twosome or something. Or you get something up there that is so awful, it's good. You ever been a part of something like that, Grant, where, like, they're so bad, they're entertaining. You can't it's like a car wreck. You can't take your eyes off of it.
2: No, I've I've never done anything like that. Yeah. No. There
0: there's been a couple. I'm not naming names, but there's been a couple of times we've been up there where the musical act is now the music-wise they're pretty good, but the like singing or the stories they tell in between and just the interaction it just it's like it's so bad that it's good. And that's I can't explain that's the appeal.
2: Yeah. Like when I was in college in lacrosse, I, I had a band for five or six years. We'd play all the time, and, you know, it's it's a blast. And I would enjoy going to open mic nights at a place in downtown lacrosse, kind of before the pandemic killed it for my last few right. years in, in lacrosse. But what was fun is you'd go, and they'd have dollar cans of hams, and some people would stink, but it was cool to see them up there giving it a rip. Yeah. And some people would be great. I, I don't know. You just You, you kind of have to be judgment-free when you go
0: see events like that.
2: And See, drink drink a lot I'm, of beer.
0: I'm, that's just it. I'm judgment-free to a certain extent. There have been times where it's like, boy, they're bad. And you watch them trying, and you're kind of giggling. You don't want to giggle because they're really trying. But they're not good. Then there's times that they know they're bad. And then there's times that they're so bad you'd rather run outside, slam your drunk in a car door. It, it's just because it's less painful. It It's just that bad. But sometimes you get some really good acts. Sometimes you don't. But they always have something fun at the Boundary Water Sports Bar and Grill downstairs uh, up there at uh, Pembine at Four Seasons Island Resort. So I'm looking forward to that. That's coming up next weekend. But uh, they go to, I don't know when they go to winter hours, which means they're only open Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, that's coming up once you get into the, I think, the end of November or something. But and that being said, uh, always a fun time. And then they've got the sister resort, which is Pine Mountain. And once you get to the snow months, the ski hill is open and the ski jump is open and all that stuff. And that's a really fun place to go to. So uh, we're going to be heading up there next week. uh, Four Seasons Island Resort in Pembine, Wisconsin. Uh, Larry says, love staying at the Four Seasons. Larry, I love it too. Uh, Four Paddle says, does the Four Seasons have a water park? No. Four Seasons has a really big pool area. Uh, just a big pool area. It's not a water park, but it's a big pool area. And uh, they have, I think it's like a 12 or 14 person hot tub. And then they've got uh, a sauna up there. I've utilized that a couple of times. Where You just go in there and just sweat your brains out and uh, then jump in the sauna and then you're, or jump in the hot tub. You're good to go. Uh, but, yeah, been up there numerous times. Love the place. Decent little workout facility. I get a decent workout in. Or maybe you just take a walk on the property. So, always fun. Always fun. We like to go into, into Iron Mountain, Michigan. They've got some really cool bars. There's Greenleaf, which we always go to. they got really good food. Greenleaf uh, up there in the UP. There's Henry's. There's a Henry's place called Henry's Steakhouse up in the UP. Really, really good food there. And their French onion soup is awesome. Uh, and then there's some other bars in that area. There's a, there's a couple underground bars under old buildings and such in downtown in the UP uh, that are really cool. And you just go explore. Just go have fun. and you end up back at uh, the Four Seasons. And you're back down to the Boundary Waters and good to go. Good to go. And the fishing is good there, too. And this time of year, as the the season starts to change, as you're sitting here in fall, not a bad time. Not a bad time at all. Uh, well, I've completely done a four-season spot for like 27 minutes through this entire break, so let's do this. We want to talk about some possibilities, even though I tend to agree with Andy Herman that if you didn't make a trade and you didn't go all in for Rogers last year or a couple of years ago, chances are you're not going to do anything for this group this year, unless you find a veteran-wide receiver who's really a good teacher, you, you're probably not going to be doing anything, unless you pick up somebody on a decent contract to play defense. Maybe in that area you could as well. But I kind of agree with him that I don't think it's going to happen, but there are some possibilities that are floating around out there. So let's do that. We'll talk about that when we come back. This portion of the program uh, also brought to you by our friends at Curley's Waterfront Sports Bar & Grill. Always good time out of Curlies. Always great people. Stop in, tell them we said hi. That's uh, right there on Pewaukee Lake, Lake, Lakeview Boulevard on Pewaukee Lake. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: The all-new Potawatomi Casino Hotel has something you gotta see play more slots and games and you could say show me the money to reveal up to 10 grand each thursday Eight hundred thousand in prizes is up for grabs 40 winners each week this october and november at Pottawatomi, milwaukee when you're ready to win just say show me the money more info at paysbig.com must be 21 years old and a club member to play
0: a uh, rainy, dreary day, but uh, we have fun. Doesn't matter where we go, we always have fun. With or without pants, we're always good. Always a good time. And a lot going on. There's uh, a lot of things to kind of, you know, like I've said before, you can throw a dart at a dartboard. You've got the Badgers tomorrow. They're getting ready to take on Iowa. That's going to be a pretty solid game for them. You've got uh, the Brewers waiting on the announcement of Craig Council as to what he's going to do and what... Their offseason is going to look like. you got the Bucs getting ready to get back underway. Uh, We talked about Damian Lillard, knowing where he lives now. And uh, he's going to make his debut on the court with Giannis this coming weekend as well. So a lot to get to. And uh, J.R. Radcliffe of the Journal Sentinel now joining us on the hotline. Little Brewers, little Bucks, all that kind of good stuff. Baseball postseason. JR, how you been, pal?
2: First of all, Bill, that was an outstanding introduction. Uh, JR had something come up, so we're going to talk to him next hour. Ow! And I told him, Ow! I said, I said, JR, that actually works okay, because we're kind of hot and heavy into some NFL talk, so we can build on some of the things that Andy Herman was saying. And, and we can circle back to JR coming up at 1230, about an hour from
0: now. Okay, I just saw your note. Okay. That's all fine. We're producing on that the was fly. A, that was a hell of an introduction.
2: It was. I can go pull the audio and just replay it at twelve thirty. That, that is fantastic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, let's let's do this then, while we've got time, because we've talked about it a couple of times uh, about the proposed trades in the National Football League. And again, I don't think that the Packers are really going to do anything, um, only for the fact that there's not a necessity. Uh, like I said, you you can pretty much throw a dart at a dartboard at this point, and type up a bunch of the different problems that they have and you can there's so much it's not like you're one player away from being on the cusp of heading to the postseason uh it's more execution and it's more doing your job but what are some of the uh the interesting proposals that are out there grant so bill barnwell writes for
2: espn i think he's one of their better football writers and he put out a long list of for this team for this team to try these things and i wrote down a couple of the most interesting ones, and I figured I could list them to you, and you tell sure. me if if you would do it, or you think that would be a good idea for one reason or another. He does have a Packers trade. I'm going to save that one for last. Uh, okay. I, I think that's maybe one of the most wild trades he writes about, but let's start with the team we watched last night. Kansas City Chiefs, in this proposed trade uh, from Bill Barnwell of ESPN, the Chiefs get tight end Zach Ertz, who is veteran. He's now in Arizona on a team that's not contending. The Cardinals it would only get... A sixth round pick. So he's saying the Chiefs give up a conditional sixth round pick in the future, bring in Zach Ertz as a veteran onto this team. I think that makes a lot of sense. What do you think?
0: Um I when I hear something like that on its face, it's like, oh God, you're adding another name and a guy and a pass catcher and such. But does that then in turn take pass catches away from Travis Kelsey? Well, if it takes a couple, I don't know that that's the
2: end of the world because Travis Kelsey's getting older. I think it's more about depth because the Chiefs really like to run two or three tight end sets. We saw that all throughout yeah. the postseason last year, and they got a couple guys who were banged up. So it would be another veteran in a group of guys like they don't really have a clear-cut number two or three or four behind Travis yeah. Kelsey. Six-round pick? That's not a steep uh, yeah. price.
0: No, it's not a steep price at all. I mean, if you can do it, do it. Uh, I would, if I'm in that discussion, if I'm Andy Reed, the first thing I'm saying is, is this is what we want to do. And, you know, now I will say Travis Kelsey's a guy to say, Hey, I don't care what we do as long as we win. Uh, but we all know the eyes are on Travis Kelsey right now and his productivity, because every time he does something great, everybody wants to pay attention to trailer, Taylor Swift. Not that I'm saying you coach your team to get him catches. So Taylor Swift jumps up and down in your, in your box, but um i mean i do it i mean it, it's you, you can never have too many weapons i agree with that you just want to make sure you don't upset the apple cart in doing so that's true and i would imagine Arizona's like well we'll take anything
2: for him we're not winning right right they got right. zacker a couple years ago in remember right before kyler got hurt they were making trades and they were kind of going all in that was the year that the packers beat him on thursday night uh and since then you know it's really well here's the, the other goal.
0: thing don't forget when jalen hurts Or not Jalen Hurts when uh, uh, Kyler Murray is fully back, and you want a full complement of weapons for him to throw to. Um, you you know you don't. He's so petulant and such a baby anyway. But if you just paid him all that money, you want to make sure that you've got weaponry for him to succeed. Uh, so you 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 got it that on Arizona's side, yeah, a draft pick you know, okay, if you get a sixth round draft choice, but are you really getting something of, of value for, for Ertz? Unless, of course, Ertz, what's his contract status? Do you know? Probably very minimal. I can pull it up here. Um,
2: I would imagine it's this year, maybe one more and, and minimal right. money, but I can check. I was
0: going to say, if you got him for only this year and he would then end up, you know, costing you more money down the road, okay, I can understand that. But don't you, you also don't want to get rid of, any weapons you may have for you, the guy that you just paid to be great, so um, you, that's that's a kind of an interesting balance. So you got to think of it from the uh, Cardinals' perspective of are we if we're only getting a 6 round draft choice, what are we doing? Why would you want to eliminate a weapon for our young up and comer, so to speak, that you're holding your breath he actually pans out because you're paying him a ton of money because he whined and bitched about it. <laughs> um, I, I can't I can't stand him. I really can't. Kyler Murray has never played a complete season. He's never had statistically a wonderful season. He's had a good half, but he's never been able to seal the deal, and then they went out and paid him all that money. So now you want to get rid of one of his weapons. I don't know if I would
2: do that. So Zach Ertz, for reference, is 32. He's under contract for this year and next, about 11 or $12 million per year. But I don't know if Arizona were to trade him in the coming weeks, does Arizona then eat a lot of that money? Right, is that a condition of the trade? That well, we're going to pay this year's salary. Any, right, any
0: upfront money, guaranteed money, you have to pay him on his way out the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the way I understand that salary cap to be, because that that the guaranteed money comes from you. Unless I, I don't know how they sometimes they negotiate it different, but I think on his way out the door, you got to pay him the upfront money. So
2: that would be they a trade. Would pay the
0: remainder of his salary for the season.
2: Sure. Bef- before we move on, that would be a trade. Like Ertz probably isn't going to catch you know, a couple dozen balls and a lot of touchdowns, he's probably more just a piece that allows them to play the offense they want to play with, two or three tight ends. So that could be an interesting, like it would be a big name, but it might not be a a trade that gets sexy results. I actually kind of want to see that happen. Here's another trade. This one would be within the NFC North, which you don't see often, but I think it could make sense for both sides. Bill Barnwell at ESPN proposes that the Lions acquire Daniil Hunter, edge rusher from the Vikings, and a fifth rounder, and they give up a second rounder, a conditional third, and their rookie edge rusher, James Houston, who's a sixth rounder. He's barely played. He's been on IR. So the Vikings get back a young edge rusher in return. To me, this trade would would signal, like, how all in are the Lions? If they go out and get Daniil Hunter to pair with Aiden Hutchinson, it's them saying, we believe we could hang with San Francisco, Dallas, Philly. So this trade would be interesting on a couple levels. What do you
0: think? Uh, If I'm a Lions fan, I'm salivating at that deal. Now, Daniil Hunter has been banged up over the last few years, but if if he's healthy and, and... He's back to Daniel Hunter form. I'm all over that. I I would do that in a heartbeat if I'm if I'm the Lions. Because that because you believe your window's open right now. And when your window's open, you got to take advantage of it. I would I would do that in a heartbeat. Now, from the Vikings perspective, that would begin that would signify the definite beginning of the end. That is now we are getting into a rebuild mode. We don't even know if we're going to be bringing back the quarterback next year. We, there's a lot of things that we're going to start to tear down. Uh, so, and, and also if you're going to do that, do you waste the better years of Justin Jefferson? You know, because you, cause now, you know, you're going to be in a rebuild for the next two to three years, maybe, maybe quicker, maybe two years, but does Justin Jefferson want to be a part of that? You know, granted you're paying him a lot of money and he's going to be that guy, but you know, do you do you run that risk that he's going to be like, what am I doing here? I don't want to get beat up and be one of the best wide receivers in the league just to toil away in anonymity because that's where we're at in today's day and age. So that would be the signal. To me, that would signal the beginning of the rebuild of the Vikings. And I don't know if you can rebuild and hang on or if you have to tear it down to build it back up. Because once you tear it down, man, it is so hard in the NFL to build it back up right away. And I don't know if you're going to lose Justin Jefferson along the way. But if I'm the Lions, I do that in a heartbeat. Why
2: not? Like, the Lions keep checking boxes every week, Bill. We, we were talking about this on the huddle. Don't they get more impressive every week when you think, okay, mm-hmm. well, we'll see, yeah. if, we'll see if they can go into Arrowhead and win, and they did, and we'll see if they can go into Lambeau on a short week and win, and, and they did. They, they are kind of shedding that loser perception that has stuck with the Detroit Lions that, for so long. That
0: loss to Seattle is a little baffling because Seattle handled them. That's a little baffling. Seattle's good I though, just, don't you think? Yeah, I think they're good. I just don't know if they're that good, especially go going into Detroit because uh, Detroit, since that t- period of time, has not looked back. I mean they they've been they've been beaten up on people. So, but yeah, if I am Detroit, I am like I am all in, all in. The impact fan says uh, they should uh, trade Cousins as well and tank for Caleb Williams. The problem is that the Bears hold two first round draft choices in this upcoming draft and they stink on ice and they've got Carolina's draft choice. Don't they? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. Yep. And Carolina might stink worse than Carolina the bears before. Too right. Long. And Carolina might not win a game. So chances are that, you know, Justin Fields, I mean, I, if, if I'm the bears, I consider shopping Justin Fields and knowing that I'm heading towards Caleb Williams. Did somebody email me or tell me that Caleb Williams has said he doesn't want to play for Chicago? Has that been something that's been stated? I have not seen that. No. I have not seen that. Somebody said that, and I, I'm like, ah, if I'm Caleb Williams, man, I'd, I'd take on one of the more storied franchises um, in, in in football. I, I, I'd do that in a heartbeat. And I know that Justin Fields has been playing better. That's why I'm saying he might also be a more valuable trade chip at this point. I'd trade him away, too. I'd trade them to a team that at least has some aspirations to maybe make it to the postseason at this point. There you go. The Atlanta Falcons, maybe? Here's, uh,
2: here's one more trade. We don't have to talk about this one very long, and then we'll do the Packers kind of as we head towards 12 o'clock. This trade is just funny to me. Bill Barnwell of ESPN says the Patriots should trade for Raiders wide receiver Hunter Renfro and a seventh-round pick in return for Kendrick Bourne, and he frames it as, well – Neither wide receiver is really doing that well. Might as well just switch them. And I also read this and thought, isn't Hunter Renfro the perfect Patriots wide receiver? Like white, gritty, undersized slot wide receiver. He makes all the sense for the Patriots. So I thought it was funny.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, (laughs) Oh, man. It is. uh, It is. I, I don't know what would make the Patriots better. They're bad in so many levels. Uh, and and we talked a little bit about this yesterday and the other night was that Bill Belichick is so unbelievably obstinate that he is killing the coach. His GM, he's drafted nobody. I mean, I was watching. Uh, I think it was uh, Good Morning Football. They were going through Bill Belichick's drafts, and I, Paul Charchian was talking about that as well yesterday. They were going through his drafts, and they're like he he just he's not acquiring talent. He's just acquiring draft picks and taking anybody just to see if it sticks, and you're not you're not going to win that way in the National Football League. And anybody of talent that he's gotten probably wants out because it's a train wreck. It's bad, and Bill's ego's so big that I think eventually at the end of this season, uh, if you're Robert Kraft, if if you're Robert Kraft, one of two things happens. Either you pull him in the office and say, Bill, your general managership is done. You're done. We need to rebuild this team. You've you I've given you the reins and you're done. You've ran it into the ground, or two you just say, Bill, thanks for all your service, but it's time for you to go. Don't you, you know, think because, Bill would be like, Oh, good, I don't want to worry about this drafting BS anymore. Has, hasn't he have to be fed up with it? Um, I'm sure he probably is, but he was also the arrogant guy that said he wanted it. So it's a power thing, uh, I you know, suppose. Yeah, um, the. And I found the Chicago Bears, um, we, we all like our guy down there, uh, Brad Biggs, uh, and some of the things that he was talking about. And there is a piece via the Chicago Tribune, uh, and you can't read it unless you subscribe to it, and I don't subscribe down there, but it, it does talk about uh, the possibility of Caleb Williams refusing to come to the Bears. Um, that uh, under And, again, it's in sports mockery as well, not that I take that site very serious. But there's a couple of different sites that say uh, that, you know, if indeed the the Bears chose Caleb Williams, that there is a consideration that Caleb Williams wants to choose where he goes, which I think is also garbage. Um, there's no way. Let me tell you this. There's no way that back in the day, Caleb Williams would choose to stay in college. But the fact that he's getting paid so much money through USC, it's no big deal. He's He's a millionaire already. So the fact that he's getting millions, he doesn't have to come to the NFL if he doesn't want to. So if he says, hey, I don't want to go to Chicago, I'll just come back and play another year in, in college. That's okay because he's getting paid a bunch of money anyway. And even if he got hurt, everybody would still want him unless he blows, completely blows his shoulder out. If it's an ACL or something like that, they'll say, man, you know, he's still good. He's still got his arm. He's still got his ability. So, I don't think, you know, in today's day and age with players making millions, especially if you're a good player and possibly a a top draft choice, you would probably stay in school if you're not going to the team you want. I think it's kind of a, a sad state of affairs to what it's eroded to, but that's... The reality of what it is in today's
2: day and age. You know, it would be funny uh, as if Caleb Williams stayed in school another year, and then the Chicago Bears also had the number one pick next year yes, for the third. that would be for that'd the be third great. year in a row.
0: That'd be great. <laughs> that, because then you don't have a choice. You know, you can't just turn it down. The turn yeah. it down. I have a. Just, I have a
2: Packers trade. We can get to it after the break. I say. Let's, let's do
0: that. Let's do that. We got to take a quick break. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by friends at Point Brewing. Point Brewing. The home of uh, one Bill Michaels favorite Cider Boys. I love that. Cider Boy, but it's gotta be first press. I got a few of those in my future coming up tonight. So I'm looking forward to that. That's from our friends at Stevens Point. Stevens Point, Point Brewing, Brewing Excellence since 1857. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. have you back this portion of the program brought you by our friends at Pottawatomi hotel casino if you're looking for a good night out something to do maybe an overnight stay feel lucky head down to Pottawatomi hotel casino good yeah, it's all under one roof you got the rock and brews you've got the dream dance steakhouse down there ryu uh is down there you've got the 360 bar the gaming table sports book and then the hotel there's no reason to leave Canal Street Cafe, which is great for breakfast in the morning. I love that place. Go to Pottawatomie Hotel Casino and check it out. Go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. So what would the Packers trade be? What would be that, uh, that consideration?
2: So this is what Bill Barnwell at ESPN wrote, and I first saw this because Andy Herman tweeted out a screenshot. Bill Barnwell is suggesting that the Packers trade for Jerry Judy and they receive a fourth rounder in return and the Packers would give up Romeo Dobbs and a second-round pick. No. Why does that make any sense?
0: That doesn't make any sense at all.
2: Bill Barnwell's really smart. I like him. I'm trying right? to see why this makes sense. It, it, Romeo Dobbs for Judy straight up, I don't think would make sense for
0: the Packers. Also thrown in a second-round pick? Huh? What? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not. No. Uh, I'm not. not even considering that. I think most would say that the Packers got hosed in that deal. I uh, yeah, that's that's not that's not what I would
2: do. Has Jerry Judy proven more in Denver, more or less than what Chase Claypool had proven in his time in Pittsburgh, up until the point um, Chicago traded for him? Do you think?
0: I, no, uh, I and I'll say this: I don't think Jerry Judy is a difference maker to where you give up a future and a draft choice. I I just, I I don't think he's that good. So, um, no, I wouldn't do that. I mean, to me, if you take Jerry Judy, okay, maybe if you're going to go with a second or third round draft choice, but we'll also hear commentary on Jerry Judy. Additionally, when we come back, by the way, the, uh, the Wisconsin Badger basketball team, great guards, guys. I see our pick to finish fifth this year in the Big Ten. Good starting point? I don't know. We'll talk about that at some point today, too, just for a couple of minutes. But I, I was just kind of reading that, too. That popped up on my things to pay attention to today. Got all kinds of stuff floating around. We're not just a, we're not a one-trick pony here, baby. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. More the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next